What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Sports Spencer here, and today I am going to be doing my five winners and five losers from the 2019 NFL draft. Um, When I list off the teams, they will be in no particular order. It will just me. It would just be me saying them. I might rank each draft class, probably not, but I will be making a post off well, post free agency and draft power rankings for the NFL. That should be coming out within probably probably Wednesday. I'm shooting for Wednesday, and I will be releasing an NFL. I mean, an an NBA playoff recap Tuesday night. So be on the lookout for that. Um, this is self-explanatory. I give the five teams I think won and five teams I think lost. So let's just get right into it with my first winner. And once again, no, this is in no order. This is not me ranking them five to one or one to five. This is just me saying them. The first team I have is the Washington Redskins. And the reason I have them as as a winner is because one, they got their franchise quarterback. They got an edge rusher. They got a good receiver, a questionable running back, and some good offensive linemen. They covered a lot of territory in this draft. They had, I think, 10 draft picks, and they made the most out of those draft picks. First of all, Dwayne Haskins fell to them, which that had to be an honor for Redskins. That had to be an honor for Washington to pick him because Dwayne Haskins is really the one true franchise quarterback, the one quarterback I can see being a superstar one day, he was the one guy. And him being available at 15, that is incredible for Washington. That is literally best case scenario for their quarterback conundrum, for their little quarterback battle. I'm not sure what to call it, but... So they got their franchise quarterback, and Dwayne Haskins gets to be in a quarterback room with Alex Smith and Case Keenum, Colt McCoy. Those are three veteran quarterbacks that can teach him. That's pretty damn good. Then they trade up into the first round again and get Montez Sweat. And if you've been listening to my podcast, you know I love Montez Sweat. He ran a 4-4. He is a beast. He is everything you want in an edge rusher, and he fell to 26. Redskins traded up, got him. If they just would have done those two picks, I would still have them as a winner. Then they come back, get a receiver that Dwayne Haskins is familiar with. With their next pick, the D. Bryce Love pick, this is a high-risk, high-reward pick. I don't really like it as much because, I mean, they have Adrian Peterson. They have Darius Geis. There's already two good guys. Bryce Love's kind of just a... High risk, high reward guy. If he doesn't work out, then well, you only spent a fourth rounder on him. They pick two offensive linemen and a f- and a few defensive guys to cap off the draft. Redskins covered a lot of area in this draft. I think, I think this draft is t- their future. Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, and Deron Payne. You drafted Paris Campbell to repair the loss of Jamison Crowder, Dwayne Haskins as your starting quarterback. That's you did a really good job. They did not really get a premier linebacker, which I thought was kind of iffy because they lost Preston Smith. That was kind of 
that was kind of sketchy to me. But on the other hand, they covered a lot of area. My second winner of this draft is the New England Patriots. Why? Because they got skill positions. And as Tom Brady gets older, as his talent starts to dip down a little bit, he's still a great quarterback. But as it will begin to dip one day, he'll be all right because he has a lot of young blood fucking skill positions. And the first round, they drafted a wide receiver, something I never thought I'd see. Nikhil Harry, great receiver. I love him. They come back, draft a DB, pair him up with Stephon Gilmore, doing great. Chase Chase Winovich for the third round. I did not talk about him at all leading up to the draft, but that kid's really good. They had how many third rounders? They had four third rounders. Holy shit. <laughs> I didn't realize that. They got two O-linemen to protect Tom Brady. And then Damian Harris, really good running back from Alabama. This is just their first three rounds. Wide receiver, skill position. Running back, skill position. DB, I mean, that's just that's just them trying to patch up the defense. Just, just no, it's just little by little. And they also got two offensive linemen. This is not a very Patriots-like draft, but I really like it as Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's careers are kind of they're not slowing down because they just won the Super Bowl, but they're going to have to slow down one day. And when they do, they're ready. Moving on to the next team, I do have the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the reason I have them in this is, for the most part, because of the Devin Bush pick. Devin Bush, I'm a, okay, I'm a Steelers fan, so of course, I, see... I try not to be biased, but I'm always going to be a little bit biased towards Pittsburgh. Just keep that in mind. This kid, Devin Bush, since the loss of Ryan Shazier, the defense hasn't been the same. Well, the defense was never really great to begin with, but just, ah, damn, just losing Ryan Shazier, that was tough. That was tough. You traded up for Devin Bush was the best case scenario. That was the best thing you could do because we all know Devin Bush was not going to fall to 20, Let's not kid ourselves. That just wasn't going to happen. And you can say, oh, they gave up a second and a third. Well, damn, that's a little bit too much for only 10 picks. No, it's not. Pittsburgh had two third-round picks, one really early. It does not affect it. In my opinion, it just doesn't affect that much. And knowing Devin Bush's talent, knowing what he can do for a team, knowing he can be a leader one day, that's da- that's a damn good pick. Now, with those two third-round picks, the uh, the uh, Deontay Johnson pick, I, 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 I mean, I, I'm a little sketched out by it. I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of question it. Because, I mean, a Toledo receiver who might not get much playing time to begin with will primarily be, like, in my opinion, a kick returner to begin his career off. That's sketch to me. But nonetheless, he's a fast guy. He's a fast kid. He has good hands. And with the loss of Antonio Brown, you do kind of have to try to patch that position up. And now Pittsburgh has three good young wide receivers, those being Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, the second-round pick from last year, and now Deontay Johnson. 
it's a good young receiving core. And when Big Ben retires, in my opinion, he'll he, whichever quarterback comes in, he will have three ready receivers. There, there won't be much. There won't be development. That is really good for a young receiver to have three already developed corner. I'm mean not corners receivers. Speaking of corners, <laughs> the next pick, Justin Lane, corner cornerback from Michigan State. As much as I can like getting Steven Nelson, well, I mean, I don't really like it that much, but it's a it's a solid pickup. You got Steven Nelson. You already have Joe Hayden. You don't really have a third guy. Cody Sensenbaugh, meh. Audie Burns, bust. Now you got Justin Lane to kind of take over that third and or fourth position. It kind of, it just adds depth to the receive. I'm not receive. Fuck, I'm stupid. To the cornerback core. God, I'm... I'm not doing too well today, Jesus. But um, that adds depth to the cornerback core. With the next pick, a prospect I'm high on, Benny Snell Jr., a running back from Kentucky. This kid's a monster. Him and James Conner, oh my God, watch out. Then throughout the rest of the draft, Pittsburgh just kind of added depth positions, the tight end Zach, the tight end Zach Gentry. He is just a nice depth with Vance McDonald, DN, D-tackle, linebacker, O-tackle. Those are just depth depth positions to me. Those guys, I don't think they'll make much impact. Moving on to the next team, I do have the Miami Dolphins. Surprise, very big surprise. Why? Because they made a very big surprise to me. They traded for Josh Rosen. They got the steal of the draft. (laughs) Josh Rosen for the 62nd pick. That's a steal. Josh Rosen. For the 62nd pick. Oh, you can say what you want. Oh, yeah, he played like ass last year. Yeah, he... Okay, yeah, he did. Because he was a rookie quarterback with no offensive line, not very many weapons, with a defensive-minded head coach. And he was just thrown in there. Which, I don't blame the Cardinals for doing. But still, he was thrown into a position where he was destined for failure. He was. And now you have him in, in Miami. Miami's not a prime time spot. They don't get much headlines. He can just learn and develop there. No one expects Miami to be really good. I I, I don't think his expectations will, will be very high since, you no, know, he had high expectations last year. I mean, he talked shit once the draft was done. He talked his shit. I didn't really back it up, but nonetheless... He's a young quarterback for the 62nd pick. A quarterback that I hold in high regards. That's the steal of the draft to me. I mean, after that, they had a solid draft class. Christian Wilkins, I think they kind of reached a little bit for him, but I could still see the pick. Very talented D lineman. They're trying to build up that defense for Brian Flores. I cannot blame him at all. And they did not have... A pick until the 78th overall because, of course, the Josh Rosen trade. But with that, they got an O-lineman for Josh Rosen. Fifth fifth, fifth round, a linebacker. Then just sixth round tackle. And in the seventh round, they got two running backs. That's kind of questionable to me. But they had a not good, not bad draft. But the reason I have them in such high regards is because of Josh Rosen. Because I hold him on such a pedestal because I think he's that good. I think he has the potential to be that good. 
I mean, okay, I do get he has another defensive head coach, first time being a head coach. It's not going to look very great the first year. It's not. It's just not. But give Josh Rosen time. He's a first-year head coach. His weapon list isn't very great. Just give the kid time. Don't rush. Be patient. If you're a Dolphins fan, you should be used to that. Just be patient. That's what I ask. Be patient with Josh Rosen. Because this next year, he could be really bad. He, he could be bad like he was last year. But because that's because he has a first-year head coach and his weapons, not very great. Defense, not very great. Give the kid time. That's all I got to say. But but if you're a Dolphins fan, you got a franchise quarterback for the 60-second pick. You got to fucking steal. Moving on to the fifth and final winner from this draft. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I... The reason I have them, they would probably be number one. Just if I had to pick one, they'd be number one. And for one reason. Okay, actually for two reasons. Josh Allen and Jawan Taylor. I had Jawan Taylor going to the Jaguars at seven for a mock draft, maybe two. They got him at 36. Actually, no, 35. My apologies. They got him at 35. Josh Allen fell to them. And then Jawan Taylor fell to 35. <laughs> what the fuck? The Jaguars, they, they got really lucky. They got very, very lucky. Those two are win-now guys. Those two are win-now guys because that's what the Jaguars are going for, and I cannot blame them. They got Nick Foles to win now. They have talent on that roster. They put more talent on the defense. You have a right tackle for Nick Foles. You have Leonard Fournette. That team has talent. And those two first picks added a lot of talent to them. With their th- with their two third-rounders, they did pick a safety, Quincy Williams, and a tight end, Josh Oliver. Um, the tight end pick, that's a solid pick. You didn't have a tight end. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have a very noticeable tight end. You added one. I, I, I've actually never heard of the kid, but I wish him the best of luck there. And their safeties, I mean, there aren't many 225-pound tw- safeties. There aren't. This kid, he's kind of big. <laughs> But he can play football. That's going to do it for the winners. If I really had to rank them, I'd put Jaguars number one. And fifth, I would put Dolphins. Yeah. (laughs) If I had to rank them right now, it'd be number one Jaguars, two Redskins, three Steelers, four Patriots, and five Dolphins. That is it for the winners. Now let's move on to the losers. And to start off the losers list, I have... Easily the most popular loser of this draft. I'm just going to get them out of the way. We all know who it is. That is the New York Giants. And I'm just going to preface this with I think Daniel Jones will be a a solid quarterback in the NFL. Nothing good, nothing crazy, nothing bad. Um, Let's just talk about the draft picks, though. The most enticing one being Daniel Jones at number six. Do I agree with the pick? No. Do I see where they're coming from? Yes. Why I don't agree with the pick, I think he's a Blake Bortles. I think he's an 
I think he's just a I think he's an average quarterback at the NFL level. At college he had his struggles, he had his games, but when the all boils down to it, I think he's a really good backup to a low end starter in the NFL. I think he's just another quarterback there. That's my opinion on Daniel Jones. Now, let's talk about the good. If Dave Gettleman sees a scenario where he sits behind Mr. Eli Manning for a year or two, learns the system, learns from Eli, and he turns out to be a flourishing, really good starting quarterback, good for him. And for, for another defensive Dave Gettleman, hey, if that's who he thinks he his guy is, why why would he pick someone else? If that's who he thinks is the best quarterback in this draft, why would he pick someone else? I, I mean, yes, they reached heavily at six. I still disagree with the pick. But if he's your guy and you don't want someone else to take him, fucking pull the trigger. And I respect Dave Gettleman for that. I just disagree with the pick. So that Daniel Jones pick, that can turn out to be a disaster, which I think it will, or it can turn out to be really well. Because let's face it, sometime this year, he's going to start. Sometime this year. We just don't know when. Because that's going to happen. I hope people know that. As much as Davey Edmund says, oh, yeah, we're going to, yeah, no, we're not going to start him yet. Oh, they're definitely going to start him. And with their 17th pick, they picked Dexter Lawrence. I, I don't <laughs> disagree with the pick necessarily. I just think they could have done better. Dexter Lawrence is a great lineman, phenomenal talent. He he does have some off-the-field problems too. That is what does concern me. Um, But it's a solid pick. I can disagree with it, but, but on the other hand, he is a really good talent. Uh, and to their third first-round pick, I'm going to try to wrap this up a little bit. I don't want to talk about the Giants for 20 minutes. But um, DeAndre Baker, to me, was their best pick. DeAndre Baker is locked down. I did not know he did not allow a single touchdown throughout his whole college career. That man's locked down. Great pick besides Janoris Jenkins. They did not, ha- they did not have a second-round pick during the third and fourth round. They went across the board here, picking DN, corner, linebacker, receiver, corner, tight end, D, D tackle. They went all across the board. They're getting the biggest array of talent they can. I can disagree with some of the picks. I just think they're a loser in this draft because of the reach of Daniel Jones and because of them passing up on a Byron. Actually, no, not Byron Murphy. Fuck. It's just because of them kind of reaching a little bit for Dexter Lawrence, and I think that there are better options out there. But, I mean, DeAndre Baker, great pick. Julian Love, great pick. They actually picked three cornerbacks. Damn, that's kind of a little bit too much right there. But, I mean, Giants, they're a loser in this draft because, one, they did not even try to surround Daniel Jones with with weapons. They got a receiver during the fifth, which, I mean, that's just stupid. You need to pick maybe a little bit of depth at running back. More depth at receiver. That was just stupid to me. I mean, they're a loser because they reached. They reached, but but on the bright side, if bright side, if that's who Gettleman thinks is his guy, then pull the trigger. Fuck it. That's what exact. That's exactly what I'd do. Moving on to the next loser, um, it's the Lions. 
The Lions, I think they made sensible picks. I just think that when it boils down to it, I don't like that they're going win-now mode because that's what they're going with the pick of TJ Hawkinson. Unless they're preparing for a future quarterback, which I don't see that being the case because they drafted TJ Hawkinson at eight. He is one of the most bust-proof players in this draft. There's no doubt in my mind. That kid, most likely not a bust. Matt, Matt Patricia used to be a coach for the Patriots. He's trying to get his Gronk and kind of respect it, yes. But you're not going to win with Matthew Stafford. It's not going to happen. And I say you're trying to go win now mode, surround him with weapons, surround, surround Matthew Stafford with weapons. You drafted defense in the second, third, fourth, fifth round. It's not until the sixth and the seventh round you picked more offense. Those being receiver, running back, tight end. I just don't like it because let's just say you want to kind of have like a high-powered offense with Matthew Stafford leading the charge and TJ Hawkinson. Why the fuck would you pick defense for the next five picks? This Lions team is not very good. Their defense is not very good. But that's but a but that is the direction I saw them going with the Hawkinson pick. It's not what they ended up doing, and I'm disappointed in that they're a loser to me for that reason. The third team on my list is the Green Bay Packers, and I'm not gonna knock their draft class based on the players they got because I like the players that they got. I just don't like the the positions that they took. I think they could have approached the draft in a, in a lot better way. Because the way they approached the draft was, hey, we were stacking up on defense during um, for agency. Let's let's stack up on defense during the draft. And in a certain sense, I like what they're doing there, because they know their defense is not up to par. It really hasn't been since Clay Matthews in like two thousand twelve, but they know their defense is not up to par. They know that that Aaron Rodgers needs a really good defense. Well, he he needs a good defense. So they're just attacking every position there. And in a certain sense, I like that. But on the other hand, I don't like it based off he needs weapons. That was what I was preaching throughout my mock drafts, throughout, throughout my draft coverage, was the Packers, you got a good defense during free agency, now get weapons. You have two first-round picks. They didn't get weapons. Mm-mm. Their draft class consisted of Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage Jr. during the first round. And those are two really good players. I like those picks. You know, I like those picks for like any other team. But when you need weapons and you're not picking weapons, there's a problem. They got a center, a tight end. Okay, fair. Then they got a sixth round running back. The rest, defense. You got, I mean, no disrespect to their receiving core because they have some fair receivers. But you need more. <laughs> like, Devontae Adams, really good. Don't get me wrong. Equanimous St. Brown, hey, that was a steal last year. But when it boils down, you could have, oh my gosh. Especially with wide receivers falling, you could have traded back from 12 gotten some picks for either next year or this draft, you could have just loaded this offense.
That's what I thought they were going to do, was just load the offense. And do I think they need to load the offense to be successful? No, they don't. But it's kind of like the Saints. They did not need to load their offense, but they still did. And it worked. Kind of like the Rams, too. They didn't need to, but they did. The Packers, they don't need to with Aaron Rodgers. But it sure does help. And their defense, it, it looks really good right now. I, I love their defense right now. But, uh, see, I also love their defense going into the draft. The Packers, I'm not saying they had a bad draft class. The players they brought in, they'll have a really good impact. They'll be really good for the future of this Packers team. But on the other hand, if you're trying to win football games right now, you need to get Aaron Rodgers more weapons and help the offense out. That's why I have them on the losers. I'm not trying to knock guys like Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage Jr., the center they got. Oh, yeah, it's uh, McCoy. I've got the first name. Sorry. I'm not trying to knock those guys. I just think they could have done better a better approach to the draft and better approach to their team. That's just my opinion. That's why they're on the losers list. Moving on to the fourth team, I do have the Kansas City Chiefs, which for the most part, the reason they're on this list is because of, not because who they drafted. I still kind of disagree with who they drafted here and there. But the big reason why they're on this list, and you can say, oh, it's not draft related, man is because, one, the Tyree Kill situation. I'm not going to get into it. It's disgusting. It's terrible that it happened. But it happened. And Tyree Kill will most likely be released, and he'll probably be picked up by someone because that's just how the, the league works. But it sucks. And the other thing I didn't really like was the Frank Clark trade. Frank Clark, incredible player. He does... I didn't think he deserved that much money, but he's an incredible edge rusher, incredible DN, will help out the Chiefs a lot. They lost D Ford, and they did not skip a beat with Frank Clark. But also trading your first-round pick. And not only all of that, their first pick was the 56th pick, late second round. They got McCall Hardman, a receiver from Georgia. That means they're going to move on from Tyreek Hill. I kind of pre- I actually did predict that during the first mock draft, so, you know, shout out me. But that was a really – wow, that was arrogant. But <laughs> the thing I don't really like about that pick is DK Metcalf was on the board. And, okay, I do understand DK Metcalf with the injuries. He's kind of one-dimensional. With Andy Reid, you have Pat Mahomes already. Sammy Watkins, fair receiver. You have a good receiving core. You're telling me you can't fit DK Metcalf into that receiving core? Really? Really? That 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 would... Oh my gosh. Okay, I do understand. Hey, you know, the injuries. For XYZ reason, hey, here's why DK Metcalf fell. And that's completely fine. But for a team like the Chiefs, who is going... Who is most likely going to move on from their top receiver. Oh my gosh, this is a gem waiting for you. He's still a physical beast. He's still a monster. And I do understand he's one-dimensional, 
But but when you already have a good receiving core and a really good offense built already, he can afford to be one-dimensional. He can afford not to be the incredible route runner. He can afford not to be just doing everything because he won't have to. You could have got DK Metcalf here, and I'm not trying to knock McCall Hardman. That's a really good receiver. I'm just saying there is better out there. And, oh, yeah, they passed on him twice, not once, twice, yeah, because they had the 63rd pick, too. And, okay, I actually do like this pick. They did pick Juan Thornhill, safety from UVA. He's actually from around here. That's pretty cool. But, um, yeah, and I mean he's actually from, like, right where I live, so that's, like, really cool. But, um, Juan Thornhill, really athletic. They, him behind Tyran Matthew can work out really well. Him and Tyran Matthew, Derek Berry release, Juan Thornhill, incredibly incredibly athletic, had a really good combine. I, I, I'm actually really high on this kid. You can develop him into a beast. So that's a good pick. Good pick. And the rest of their draft, I don't really think they addressed too many needs here. I think they should have gone running back a little bit before the sixth round. I mean, D-line help, that could help DB. I mean, you already got Juan Thornhill. I don't... They did not address the Mitch Morse loss, if I'm not mistaken. Let me check their death chart real quick. If I'm not mistaken, they just never really addressed the Juan Thornhill loss. And that kind of, fuck, I hit bears. <laughs> Sorry. But um, they never really addressed the Mitch Morse loss, and I don't know how to feel about that. Because their offensive line, I- I'm not going to say it's in shambles, because it's not. It's a good offensive line. But the f- why, didn't, why didn't they go after more of them? I don't, I mean, it's a fair offensive line. I mean, you still have Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher and, uh, and a Cameron Irving. But when it comes down to it, I think you need more. Like the Chiefs, the reason why they're on this losers list, and, and I, I'm not saying th- that they're going to be bad next year. They're going to be a really good team next year. Nonetheless, they still have Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball. But I think they could have done a better job. I think they should have addressed the offensive line a little bit more, a tad bit more. And DK Metcalf, I think he was the move at 64. But because he he can afford to be one. He can afford to be one-dimensional. And I'm not going to say he can afford to be, like, injury prone but it's not like it's the end of the world if he does sustain an injury because as i said you have that depth so it's not like oh well there's a receiving core right there no you have depth that's the thing about that to me i think i think the chiefs did a fair job i just think they could have done a whole lot better Moving on to my fifth and final team of the loser category, I do have the Seattle Seahawks, the team who did draft DK Metcalf. And the reason why they're on this, I did like their strategy. I love their strategy of, hey, let's stockpile picks. They had four picks going into the draft, four or five, and they traded down to have 11. I, I actually really like that. That is really cool. I think that's a great idea for teams trying to build a championship roster with a 
at the quarterback that is in their prime. I just don't like the guys they picked. I'm not the biggest fan. I, I just... LJ Collier in the first round. Marquise Blair, second round. I, I should do like the... The DK Metcalf pick to me is interesting because now it's looking like Doug Baldwin's going to retire and now he has to be the main guy, which is the opposite of the Chief scenario. Now DK Metcalf has to be main guy. Now he has to be running routes. I don't I'm not the biggest fan of that. He's incredibly talented, don't get me wrong, but still, I mean like they have a lot they had a lot of draft picks. Let me count them actually. 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10. 10 draft picks. And they covered a lot of area. I just think the players they drafted ooh, I don't really like that. Frank Clark replaced with LJ Collier. Ooh, no. I don't like that. You had you had the 21st pick. Montez Sweat was on the board. The fuck are you thinking? <laughs> like, come on. And you replace... And you replace Earl Thomas. And I'll give them credit. They went after position of needs. They lost Frank Clark, lost Earl Thomas. They lost... Well, it's looking like they're going to lose Doug Baldwin. With their first three picks, they're trying to put a Band-Aid on those losses. That's one hell of an idea. I just don't think they executed it right. That's why they're on the... This list. I mean, the rest of the picks, they're fair. You know, D-tackle, running back, linebacker, safety, guard, receiver, linebacker. Those are fair picks, fair positions to pick. There's some good gems here and there. I just don't... I just don't like the way they really approached it. Okay, that's a wrong way of putting it. I just... I, I do like the way they approached it. I was... I'm not sure what I was thinking there, but... I just don't like the players they got. That's going to do it for me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends. If not, share it with your friends. Follow me on Twitter at SPWS Podcast. Um, yeah, if you saw Avengers Endgame, I love your 3000. That's not a spoiler, I swear. But um, yeah, have a nice day. Actually, one last thing before I sign off. I would like to... Give my condolences to Dwayne Simmons' family if you do not know what happened there. Um, The Giants' six-round pick, cornerback Corey Ballantyne, he was shot following his draft party. Him and his teammate Dwayne Simmons were shot. Dwayne Simmons was killed in the shooting. Ballantyne is... His wound was not life-threatened threatening i'm i'm hoping he makes a speedy recovery i do offer my condolences to simmons family and friends during this time i'm just hoping that valentine turns out to be great everyone has their story this just adds on to it i'm hoping for a speedy recovery for him and uh yep after that that's gonna do it for me today and have a nice day